0: Welcome to the Disney at Work podcast, bringing magical ideas to improve your world from the happiest place on earth. Your host is J. Jeff Kober, author, speaker, and consultant to organizations around the globe that look to bring best of Disney ideas to their workplace. Welcome, this is Jeff Kober, and we're here for a... Disney at work podcast we have uh the last several podcasts have been part of our Disney at play series we've kind of transitioned this network to be Disney at work and play uh corresponding to our Disney at work website and our new website Disney at Play.com. if you have not checked that out there is so much to see and do there um This is an opportunity to come back to a series of six podcasts that we did between episodes 19 and 24, in which we looked at what we refer to as the six Ps, which is the promise, people, place, process, product, and price. And we looked at what was going to be Galaxy's Edge in terms of each of these six things, And today, having had the experience, it's been over a week since I've been back from Disneyland, from my experience, having seen Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And let me tell you, it's taken the full time to really think through, okay, back into these six Ps, what did I observe? What did I notice? What are the messages out of this? And so I'm here to present that to you. And so we're going to go through these. You may want to also go back again through episodes 19 uh, through 24, Um, but I think we have some really great material as we bring it up. And by the way, you'll want to refer to our notes page, which has a number of images that help uh, reinforce some of the concepts I'm going to cover in today's podcast. So be sure to uh, take a look, and we're going to provide those uh, podcast notes on both Disney at Work and Disney at Play, so you're good to go either direction. Um, Was the promise worth the price as it relates to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Well, let's take a look at the promise. The promise is the brand. It's what you've told customers that they're going to get if they put down the money and they come to this kind of offering. Now, Disney has made big promises. It's had to because there's big competition out there. And so the question now becomes whether they have delivered on that promise Uh, through its people, place, processes, and product. And when we first talked about Promise, um, you know, I I have mentioned in a previous podcast uh, my impressions hearing over four years ago at D23 when this was first announced and then um, seeing the model at Galaxy's Edge. I remember studying the model and being so um, impressed by the scope of what I was looking at, it was hard for me to discern, okay, what is this gonna be? What is that gonna be? And you know, why this set of buildings and how is it laid out in this direction and why? And it really took me a lot of study to kind of understand this. Now it's all come together and I'm still, I'm still looking at all this in the scope of this in 14 acres. Disney has said this is their biggest land ever, meaning this is the biggest, um, uh, presentation, um, that they have created, um, outside of building an original park, um, as an addition, this is the biggest they've ever built. And it is big and it is encompassing and, um, it's quite, it, it, they have promised a lot. In uh, podcast 19, we had a little diagram and I put it in the show notes page, uh, Disney's image of galaxy's edge, which is this, father being pulled by his little girl and heading toward, uh, the Millennium Falcon and a couple of nerdy guys in the background kind of going to their next thing. And it's all, and then there's another image where Galaxy's Edge in real life appears, um, where you got hordes of people all crammed together. Um, neither took place, um, during my experience, that doesn't mean we still aren't in for a little more of the latter. But um, I'll explain a little bit more about that when we get to process, because that really was our focus on process was a focus on, on handling so many crowds. Um, But that's, that's the promise is you're going to have this amazing, you live Star Wars, you become the story in Star Wars. And, and I, I have to say that they have done a terrific job of delivering and through, uh, again, four things people, place, process, and product. Um, the people are the cast members, obviously, who work both on stage and backstage. And I think if there is one set of people I, I can definitely attest to, it's those, uh, was it like 16,000 uh, workers that came together to construct the, um, the, uh, property in Anaheim. It was just a phenomenal number of people. And, um, uh, and it, it shows, it just, it shows the attention to detail put into creating this land. And my hat's hat off is off to those people who designed and built and got this thing into operation. It is a solid piece of experience. Um, the cast members are very excited. They were new. I can't really judge how the cast is going to interact and experience. I've heard some some great interactions already start occurring. They kind of use some some language to say hello and goodbye and there's some good things that they're doing, but they're also very new and they're just kind of getting there. Feet Settled, I thought it was interesting in an interview that was done with uh, Chapek. He he said in talking about one of the things, one of the details he likes most is that when the cast has gone through the training for this, they've asked them to think through what their backstory is. How do they connect to Batu? How do you, how are they a part of Galaxy um, Black Spire Outpost? And I thought that was an interesting exercise, an exercise that I think is worthy. And again, for those of you who have not heard one of our Disney at Work podcasts, we keep drawing ideas back to your own business and so in your own organization. And I think, I think that's a great uh, that's a great question to ask is how do you, as employees, connect back to your organization? What's your story? How do you become part of this? And uh, it's fascinating to hear how the, the cast members have, have done that and connected. And I think there's more good to come. I can't say from such a short visit so early in the process how the cast members will fully play out any differently than the very good um, way they play out in all Disney theme parks. But I'm, I'm looking for something even bigger here. And I'm excited to see if in time they don't truly deliver to that. Um, Your people are so critical because, uh, again, in your own organization, they're the people who hold up the gaps in what's not working in the place, the process and the product. They fill in the holes because they're critical thinkers. And, you know, you can have all the droids in the world, but uh, it takes people to make the dream a reality. I think that's a restatement of Walt's uh, original uh, quote. But it, it really is true, and cast members play a big role. The place is uh, the setting where the products and services are provided, and that's an onstage location for the guests. Um, I cannot be more emphatic about the fact that um, the place that Black Spire Outpost is an attraction as much as is, is the Millennium Falcon um, smuggler's run ride exp- um I have been listening and reviewing many other podcasts and web posts and so forth and the dominant conversation is about the village the 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 the, exp- the town not the ride and it there's it is just bleeding with detail um about what's going on one of the uh, one of the things i've noted in particular is that star war fans Now that they're the most they're going to be your pickiest disney fans are also your pickiest but star war fans are very picky about whether you have things right and whether that stripe on that vehicle is in the correct position and the correct width and everything about it and Let me tell you, I have not heard one Star Wars mega fan uh, disappointed by this experience. In fact, they seemed even more excited um, than any. Uh, They have truly, it has truly been a work of Star Star Wars fans creating a Star Wars experience. Um, There are some 7,000 props created for each of the lands. Um, both in California and in Florida. Um, it's almost as if the place has become a product in and out of itself. On my website, I showcase some photos of droids and land speeders and other things that I just think are so stunning and so cool. There's these little t- tiny land speeders which are on the cover of this podcast that you just want to take home. Why can't you buy these? <laughs> they are just so amazing. Um and, and the whole land really is conducive to the guest experience. I should also mention one of the things I notice, and this is so important because this land, if you go to Epcot, for instance, you'll notice there are not a lot of park benches in the front of the park. But when you get to the Back of World Showcase, uh, Morocco and Japan and Germany and American Adventure and Italy, you'll see that along the trail, there are a lot of benches because people are ready to have a seat by the time they've gone that distance. You can't put a park bench in Star Wars land, but you can put a crate and you can shape the rock so you could sit down comfortably on it. And you can come up with different kinds of props to sit down. And there, there were a lot of th- places I noticed where you could just have a seat and observe. Plus, you know, chairs and tables at the restaurants and on the patios. There were places you could just sit and take it all in. I really appreciate that. I look forward to going back to Disney's Hollywood Studios when it opens just to see what it looks like at night, especially when the fireworks are going I think this is going to be great. And I'm going to want to grab a seat to see it. And uh, these are the details in the place that make the difference. Ultimately, they're not the product or the service you've come for, but it is very much a part of the experience. Now, processes. Processes are the policies, procedures, rules, and guidelines that govern the guest experience. And I can't speak to how this is going to work after this month-long period um, of really what has been a test run of the new land. I'm not sure what it's exactly going to look like when Disneyland goes to a virtual queuing system, much less when it comes to Disney's Hollywood Studios. I remember how crazy it was just on opening day for Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios last year. And I just keep thinking, please don't tell me it's going to be worse than this. Uh, And that that was bad as it is. Certainly, going back to the image we talked about in Promise, the idea of crowds, you know, going all crazy and so forth. I have to say, as it relates to this test and trial process, it was a great process. And the Disney folks did a great job of making it easy for you to experience Batu at this part of the experience. First of all, they made a random, um, opportunity for people to get a reservation and to do that. And if you couldn't get a reservation, they gave you the option of going into a hotel. We took the hotel option, which um, I may speak to a little later on. Um, but uh, but once you got your reservation, they were very clear on your instructions where to go. They opened up the park two hours early every morning So the guests going in right at 8 a.m. could get their bands, which they did over um, in Tomorrowland. And they had additional merchandise, which if you wanted to pre-purchase that merchandise, was made available. They gave you the opportunity to spend time in um, Fantasyland and Tomorrowland as the park had opened early uh, that morning. Uh, They lined up everybody they brought people in even before 8 a.m they were opening up those gates I talked how many times have I talked about the idea that you should open before the designated time and uniformly they they directed everybody into that park um, they have done a great job of managing those crowds and then the subsequent crowds usually come in through critter country during the rest of the day they've done a great job of managing that as well kudos to disney for managing this i only pray that it can even though the numbers will increase it they'll still be able to do it in a manageable way with the virtual crew a virtual um, uh, um queue which apparently you'll have boarding crews that will be invited to come in at given opportunities of the day to kind of um churn over the, uh, the crowds in that area and to manage it. So everybody's not just all stuck in one pile. There are other things. There are some products and services we're going to talk about in a few minutes, um, that people were wanting to do badly. Uh, Catina Katina was at the top of it. They, uh, after a day or two, they instantly went into a text messaging system like you would have at a restaurant. So smart, allowed you to go out and do it. They've done similar things. Um, with uh, um, the uh, uh, the experience of Savvy's Workshop, hand-built lasers. Um, they really have been very thoughtful. It hasn't been perfect. I'm going to offer uh, a post in a couple of days about my experience at Droid Depot, which it's going to be titled, How Not to Build a Droid, because <laughs> I went through all sorts of... M- problems going through that experience. Although I will say Droid Depot is totally cool. You got to check it out, which probably is bringing us now to product. Um, Nine different retail locations in this land with over 700 unique items for purchase in Droid Depot alone. There are 280,000 possible combinations for constructing an R series or BB BB series Astromech droid using all the available pieces that come down that beltway at the Droid Depot. It's a totally cool process for building a Droid and totally fun. Um, Savi's um, workshop hand-built lightsabers. I'll talk to him a little bit more about that. That has been incredibly popular. Uh, Food and beverage. Well, (laughs) Uh, actually I've heard great things about Docking Bay 7, which I gotta say the setting didn't inspire me so much. And I didn't have a chance to eat there. I ate there at Ronto Ronto Roasters. Um, I did try the blue milk and the green milk. They were okay. They weren't butterbeer. Lots of conversation about about the blue milk and the green milk that probably isn't really a wow. Um, And then there's the attraction, Millennium Falcon, which uh, Smugglers Run, which really is their primary product, Um, it's their primary attraction, especially because Rise of the Resistance has not yet opened, which then, you know, you're gonna get into was it worth the price when you are missing the signature attraction and it hasn't opened yet. So, uh, and yet I have to say the Millennium Falcon experience was pretty good. I didn't get a chance to be in the driver's seat. I wondered if I w- wouldn't have been really wowed by that. At the same time, I've heard people have done all three and say that being in the engineer role like I was, was kind of funner because you could kind of sit back or all you had to do was worry about hitting the buttons and so forth. So so I've heard a lot of mixed reviews. I think part of that is going to come. I think this is one of those attractions like Midway Mania where you're going to get groups of people who wanna do it again and again and again and again and again. And I think that the single rider line will uh, provide for that. And I think that it um, it's gonna be very, it's gonna be fascinating to see how people feel about this in six months to a year. It It, um, it didn't disappoint per se. It just didn't wow. And, and I haven't seen very many people walked away saying wow, whereas they've said the same they've said wow on some of the merchandise, so it's an interesting it's an interesting thing which I think brings me now to price, and why I think this is fascinating in in um, two aspects of it in 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 my article on price I talk about, okay, I'm spending money for airfare. I'm spending money for night stay at Paradise Pier Hotel. I'm spending money for a ticket. I'm spending money for blue milk and for eating it there and, and making your own droid and all those kinds of things. And I spent a lot of money. The, you know, paying the American Express comes in the next day or two and, uh, you know, it, it's killing me. But would I have done it again? You better believe it. I would have done it again. It was so worth the price. And uh, one of the surprises for me was staying at the Paradise Pier Hotel, which was not a cheap option compared to other things that I could have got, other great hotels I could have stayed on in the area. But I really enjoyed that experience and it was a delight and it was part of the whole experience. So when you talk about, is the price worth the, you know, the promise, well, it, it encompasses all of that. Not just, uh, not just um, Galaxy's Edge, but Disneyland and the hotel and the whole experience. Was it worth the price? I definitely would say it was worth the price. Now, I am an individual who goes to Disney parks um, on a regular basis. Um, some people come once in a great while. And if you're one of those who, once in a great while, then I would definitely say hold on until Rise of the Resistance opens and then come to the park. But if you're going to come now and you're going to come again in a few months from now, then by all means, come. you got to do it and you can't do it soon enough. Another interesting aspect of the price, and I found this fascinating. Now, this is something I did not get a chance to do. The processes weren't too... um, to um accommodating i the first thing i did when i got there was i went to savvy's workshop hand-built lightsabers i thought that i would buy one of those and then use it as part of a giveaway with our website and i got there and they told me that it'd be about an hour and 45 minutes to do the whole thing and that not only would I stand in line to buy the lightsaber in advance which I knew would happen I would then have to stay in the area before we went in to go do it so hour and 45 minutes out of a four-hour block uh, I just did not I could not um, I could not give that kind of time frame to the lightsabers so I went over to Droid Depot and ultimately ended up getting a Rex Droid which we are giving in a giveaway. So make sure you go to um, Disney at Play. You'll see that uh, a place where you sign up. Well, actually, if you sign up for our um, for our newsletter with Disney at Work, Disney at Play, you are automatically entered into winning this free droid. So that's ended up what happened. So I never did get to do the lightsabers. But here's an interesting thing. I have listened to probably eight to 10 people talk about their experience doing the lightsabers. Now we were the first to mention that that lightsaber was going to cost you $200, uh, not including tax. And when people found out that was actually going to be the price,
1: the
0: the the social media world blew up about how expensive that was going to be. Still I found about 8 or 10 people who have done this some of which some of whom were really reluctant to do this because it was so expensive not one of them has regretted doing that not one of them has said I wish I'd got my money back they have all said that not only was it worth it they have many of them have said it was the best thing they did while they were there some have said that if Um, They only could do one thing, it would be that thing, and others have said they're going to bring back their child or some friend or loved one to do it again. And yet it's a $200 price for a lightsaber, which really brings out some of the key messages. When the experience is great enough, people willingly pay the price. and, and that's what the 6P formula is all about. That's why you wanna make sure that when you do something, it you really have nailed down the people, the place, the process and the product so that people can come back and say, yeah, I wanna do this again. They become your advocates. They easily put out more money to do it. They, you want that customer loyalty. And despite the price that they will pay both tangibly and intangibly, and so, again, our notes page covers this um, and highlights some some photos to give you an idea of all of this. And remember that in our Disney at Work podcast we always include what we refer to. Uh, this was David Zanola's idea, so here's to you, David. Souvenirs for your organization. I love that title because it asks questions about okay, what are the promises? Uh you know, how are you staffing your organization? All around uh this this week's is around is a is a retelling of the six Ps, um, process people, place, process, product, and price. It asks some great questions, which you can now apply back to your organization. That's the cool thing, is that this experience can give you so many ideas of how to improve your organization organization. Now, if you need more support and more ideas, may I recommend our newest uh, second edition of Lead With Your Customer has just come out. We're thrilled with our new book. It goes into the six Ps, not only from the customer point of view, but from the employee point of view. And you definitely want to check out um, that title. It is full of hundreds of ideas, not just from Disney, but but scores of world-class organizations and how they apply these same principles, these same six Ps to the work they do. So definitely check out um, Lead With Your Customer. And by the way, just know that if you want more of this, this is what we do at Performance Journeys, and you can also reach us at worldclassbenchmarking.com, performancejourneys.com, worldclassbenchmarking.com. You'll see other ideas, you'll see that hey, we come into organizations all the time and help them do these kinds of things, help them improve their customer experience, help them improve their employee morale, help them develop the leadership they need. So if you're needing help or if you're needing someone to come do a keynote or a workshop for your upcoming um, program, know that we're available and that we can come visit your organization And let me tell you, the ideas we're gonna provide are not only great ideas, they're proven ideas. Proven ideas that we've helped other organizations implement. So we have the experience, we're not just talking ideas, we're talking proven ideas that we have helped other organizations implement into their organizations. So definitely, you want to feel free to reach out to us and let us know how we can support your organization. This is Jeff Kober. We're thankful for you taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope uh, to share more with you in the weeks and days to come. Thanks again. Have a great day.